Welcome to Exhale Bible Discovery. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into the Bible, going line by line and chapter by chapter to discover the truths that God has for us in His Word. Well, here we are again in our Exhale Bible Discovery, and we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And so last chapter, we left with Paul leading us through an extensive question and answer session regarding marriage, divorce, remaining single, remarriage, and widowhood. In chapter 8, Paul tackles more legalistic topics that were tripping up the Corinthians. And today, we have those who are caught up in legalistic topics as well, and they keep our eyes off the message of love that Jesus brought. These next few chapters from 8 through 10 are going to address more questions for the Corinthians. So I have this divided into two divisions, living by knowledge, which are verses 1 through 8, and then living by love, 9 through 13. So I hope you have your Bibles open to chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians. And we begin with verses 1 through 3. And so Paul is talking about food sacrificed to idols. This was a question that he received. He says, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not know yet as they ought to know. But whoever loves God is known by God. So, in this first question, Paul turns his attention to the topic of idols, and specifically food that was offered to these idols. Because remember in Corinth, idol worship was rampant, and it was very common for them to eat in these temples. And also, the meat that they got was purchased from temple shops and vendors for the purpose of this idol sacrifice. And so for the Corinthian Christians, this posed a difficult problem for them that they were seeking for Paul to clarify. And he set forth four excellent Christian principles in this chapter. One, what is good for one person may not be good for another. Second point, There is much more than knowledge when dealing with behaviors and beliefs. Love supersedes all human knowledge. Third principle, if something you are doing harms another believer, it is your responsibility to refrain from that particular behavior. And then four, when we cause a brother or sister to fall, we are hurting Christ himself and the church. And so Paul tells us in these verses that we all have knowledge of things in this world. However, being intelligent does not negate the importance of leading in love. A perfect example of those in the Christian faith then and now who prefer to burn others down rather than to build them up. That's a problem. Those who possess a superior attitude are not leading by love. 
those who choose to shame rather than to share the gospel, that's not love. And that's not what Christ taught. So verse three then truly hits home for believers. It says God knows us if we know him. And I see that as a huge comfort for those of us who are earnestly seeking to know him more and more each day. He truly knows each one of us. So moving down to verses four through five. So then about eating food sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords on earth. That's what he's talking about. Here Paul gets back to the meat of the issue. That's my little joke there. And what he's telling believers is that idols mean nothing to those of us who are Christians. And he's clearly telling them and us today that idols have no power, they have no authority, and they are worthless. So don't waste your time and energy on such nonsense. Then verse 6 says, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Here in verse 6, Paul defines the one true God, the Father. He is very clearly defining one God rather than all the pagan gods known throughout Corinth. Multiple gods cannot exist because there is only our one God, the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Nothing exists without him. He alone is the true creator, and he alone determines our existence. Therefore, believers in Christ should not be concerned because any food is being offered to their silly idols because they meant nothing. Are there areas of your life today that you are hung up on that really have no true meaning for your eternity? There are things that we as humans just get caught up in that really don't mean a hill of beans. So we need to really go back, read verse 6. You'll be comforted. Verse 7, but not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to the idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. And what he means here is that not everyone was hung up on this idol food issue, but he tells us that some people were truly caught up with the idol worship thing, and it was causing them major concerns and guilt. And by being caught up in these ridiculous conscious traps, they were weak in their faith. But those who got it or understood the fallacy of this argument could not become puffed up because they knew better. They were being reminded to remain in love rather than a spirit of shaming. Again, are we seeing believers shaming other Christians today for some of the same silly reasons? What a great reminder 
to lead with the love of Christ. And then verse 8, but food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. And he brings it all home with this verse 8. Stop worrying about the things that don't affect us as believers. Mark 7:19 tells us, because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated, thus he declares all foods clean. 1 Timothy 4:4 says, for everything is created by God and is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. And the important lesson in this verse clearly points that through the shed blood of Christ, he is the only way to heaven. Nothing else. End of story. Period. Paul brings us all back to the reality of grace alone and to not get caught up in the minutia of things that don't mean a hill of beans in the kingdom. So your truth bomb for this section is keep your eyes on kingdom issues and your call to action. Are there areas of your life that you are hung up on that are not kingdom centered that you need to let go of? Second part, living by love, verses 9 through 13. And here in 9 through 10, it says, be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in the idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? And here Paul comes back with a warning to beware and to heed. First, to those who didn't see anything wrong with the consumption of this idol meat, he's saying don't do it in a manner that causes those who aren't quite sure in their faith to fall. And this could mean baby Christians, people who are brand new to the faith. And secondly, he's warning them of how remaining in an idol of a pagan temple to eat really does not look good for the believer. And the same warning can be used today of where we choose to hang out as believers. So going to bars is not going to put us into hell. However, should we choose to exhibit non-Christian behavior, it's certainly not a good look for your Christian testimony. And one who is new in the faith may completely read this as if the only thing that you need to do is proclaim Christ, but then continue to live as you always have. Verse 11, so this weak brother or sister from whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. Wow. This, you guys, is the main message of this entire chapter. Every believer is important to the Father. Therefore, if you are the person who caused someone else to fall, wow, that's a big warning. How arrogant of any of us to dismiss the importance of our behavior to others. Each of us is responsible for our actions and our words. As parents, this should deeply remind us, as Christian parents, that our behavior affects our children who are watching us. They need to see Christ in us and behavior 
that reflects him. Verse 12, when you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Here is this main truth. When we act in worldly ways, we hurt the entire body of Christ and his church. Matthew 25, 45 through 46 says, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of these, of the least of these, you did it not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And then into verse 13, Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. So Paul ends this chapter with the challenge for all of us to live by the principle of putting others ahead of ourselves. Being selfless for the cause of Christ is always the right thing to do. The Greek word translated for cause to stumble or fall is scandalizo. A scandalon, the noun form of the word, describes a trigger or a trap. And so Paul viewed eating in an idol temple as a kind of trigger or a trap that could cause or snare a fellow believer. And it could retard their progress and cause them pain. Paul was willing to forego all such eating if, by doing so, he could avoid creating problems for other Christians in their relationship to God and their walk with Jesus. Romans 14.13 Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. Your truth bomb. Believers are called to lead lives that are pleasing to Christ and to the body of believers. Your call to action. Is there someone in your life who needs you to set up the Christian example within yourself? And so to summarize today's lesson, in today's times, this chapter is often difficult for many. Our world is so me, me, me focused that this concept that Paul puts before us can appear to be old-fashioned. If we as believers fall into the trap of self-centeredness, we are not living the life Christ desires for us. And as Christians, we are called to live differently from the world. And Paul reminds us, our choices, our words, and our actions absolutely affect those around us. We never know who is struggling, and we certainly don't want to be that person who caused a fellow Christian or brother to fall. And above all, we must love one another enough to have empathy for others. Selfish and ungodly behaviors are not just yours and yours alone. Remember, you were bought at a price as Paul has already taught us back in 1 Corinthians 6.20, where it says, you were bought at a price. So just remember, we're not perfect. We never will be. But we can certainly try to live godly, pleasing lives. If we have a family member struggling with alcohol, maybe we choose not to serve alcohol at a family function. 
or whatever that stumbling block is, we are called. We are called to be different. So I hope that you've enjoyed this chapter and it struck at your heart. It's so amazing, all of these lessons that Paul's giving us. And I look forward to continuing to study this wonderful book of 1 Corinthians with you. Have a great and wonderful day. Be sure to visit my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. Click on podcast and then exhale Bible discovery for self-study guides and resources to support you with each episode.